welcome to Bury the Lead. I'm one of your co-hosts, Winnipeg Free Press columnist Jen Zarati. And I'm your other co-host, Winnipeg Free Press and multimedia producer Erin Lavar. I feel like we have the giggles. I have the giggles because I just took a bunch of cold medication. <laughs> As we, you can tell, I'm quite congested. Yes. Uh, I'm sorry that you have a cold. It's all right. It's a, it's a pretty mild one. I'm, I'm surviving. Um, we tried recording that intro like one million times. <laughs> <laughs> uh, today on the show, uh, because the wonderful wedding show is back at the RBC Convention 29th Center, twenty year, twenty ninth year, unbelievable. We're gonna talk about. We're gonna do some wedding stuff. It's gonna be like a wedding focused. Yeah. Well, why not? I'm Listen in the mid- middle of it. Sprinkle. You're in the middle of it. Yeah. I've done it. We're gonna talk about it. Yeah. Um, we're also gonna talk about uh, later times for high school students. Start times. Start times. Yeah. Um, because that's kind of back in the news again, as it sometimes periodically it does pop is. up often. It pops up. Um, and we're also going to uh, bring back an oldie but a goodie signal boost. How was your week? I'm an auntie. I know. Oh, I'm so excited. I was hoping you would lead with that. Yeah. Thank I, you for not bearing the Yeah, no. Um, my brother and his wife had their baby earlier this week, a little boy. Very exciting. Ginge. I have not met him yet because I'm diseased. Yes, so that's um, respectful so, of you. Yeah, I'm staying away even though my every urge in my body is like, I want to snuggle this baby. <laughs> so He's a big boy. I've seen yeah, photos. He was, he was almost 10 pounds. My well, poor sister two weeks late. Yeah, and he was two weeks late. Almost two weeks late, yeah. Um, yeah, so everyone's healthy, recovering. I'm not sure if they're in the hospital still or if they're home or what's happening, but... Well, congratulations. Thank you. It's my first nephew slash, yeah. well, really, child yeah. in the family of any kind, but yeah. Awesome. My mom's losing her mind. It's really I exciting. am sure. <laughs> um, yeah, being an aunt rocks. I'm really excited. I'm really excited because I feel like, no offense to my brother, he's a bit of a square. <laughs> he knows this. This is not news. But I feel like I will totally fill the role as like cool and awesome. And I'm going to go by Teta because that's Slovenian. So I'll be Teta Aaron. So cute. I know. I'm uh, so excited. So exciting. That's awesome. How was your week? Uh, Not as fun as mine. Uh, no, there are no <laughs> babies to report of that I know of. Um, <laughs> uh, I will talk about this next week. But I'm going to talk about it now a little bit because it's about to happen. Mm. But I do a occasional series called Gen Tries mm-hmm. for the paper where I do something new and report back. I did one that I talked about a few episodes ago about buying legal cannabis for the first time. Right. Today I'm about to go receive cosmetic acupuncture, which apparently is a alternative to Botox. So they literally put needles in your face? I think it's acupuncture, but in your face. And like it's supposed to tighten things? I think or and like I could smooth be out wrinkles. Yes. And I could be wrong, but I think it kind of works the same way as, um, so I'm doing Invisalign as right. you can probably hear from my new <laughs> tiny lisp. Um, I, there's a add on to Invisalign called propel uh-huh. where they basically, they, they drill the holes into oh. your gums. Yeah. And because your cells are rushing to repair those little micro injuries, uh-huh. they help move your teeth. I think the principle is the same with acupuncture. Okay. You have little tiny micro lesions in your face from where the needle goes in. Right. And because... I'm laughing because that makes a lot more sense than the rationale that was going through (laughs) my brain. And now you have to tell me. (laughs) Which is like, your skin has a certain amount of collagen in it already. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, maybe they just stick the needles in and that like 
sparks the collagen to start being more active. Well, kind of, because if it's trying to repair like a little micro trauma. Yeah. So maybe I'm that not. That would make sense. Maybe I'm not too far. So off. I'm going to find out more. Yeah. I'm Please gonna, report back. I will never I will. do this because I hate needles. I would never. I wasn't, I didn't actually have any anxiety about it until about 15 minutes ago. <laughs> so, because I didn't really like, sometimes I agree to do these things and then I'm like, oh wait. Yeah. Also, sidebar, I'm going to have to, you can't wear makeup. So yeah, that makes sense. Photographed without makeup on in the paper is also giving me. And you know they're gonna do like the close up of close ups. Of course. So like enjoy my pores. But (laughs) so that's you're gonna have a beautiful wrinkle free face after. I hope that I am. There's like a bunch of little like red little dots all over from where the needles go in. I'm uh, well. I think. Oh man, you're gonna text me a selfie after. I I'm gonna have to do it before as well. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So we'll see. I'll report back. Yeah. Every few years, this comes up, and it is the matter of whether or not high school students should begin their day slightly later. Right. Because basically, okay, back up. Whoa, microphone, microphone being attacked. (laughs) Um, So a couple years ago, I think in 2016, Participation did a, like their annual report card. Mm -hmm. And typically the participation report card focused on things that we generally focus on when we talk about health, which is nutrition and fitness. Right. Not focusing on sleep. And sleep is a big part of the health puzzle. It affects your energy levels. It affects your weight. I know it it as an insomniac. Yeah. Yes. So you know how you feel. I feel like garbage when I don't sleep well. Yeah. I think that is true of many people. Yeah. On top of that, when you're a teenager, you're also dealing with hormones that kind of push your circadian rhythm later mm-hmm. than totally. it regulates out as an adult. Um, so not only are you battling hormones, there's also, of course, screens and things that keep you up later than you should, etc. Mm-hmm. So often when these kinds of studies come out, and McGill did one as well, where they took data from, like, I can't remember, I think it was over like... Uh, I want to say like 300,000, I could be wrong, um, students from schools across Canada mm-hmm. to kind of do like supplement the findings like of the participation, yeah. which yeah. found that one mm-hmm. third of Canadian kids are sleep deprived mm-hmm. um, and recommended that if you pushed start times later on in the morning, just by half an hour, just by half an hour, uh, those kids reported feeling less tired. Right. Um, so it's something that the Winnipeg school division is, I think they're preparing a report about, like it's Mm -hmm. not going to happen. It's just, they're talking about it. (coughs) And of course people are incensed by this idea. Oh yeah. Yeah. Because it's quote, not preparing kids for the real world. I have several thoughts. Lay them on me. I also do. Well, just from my own experience, when I was in high school, I often would try to slot a first period spare Mm -hmm. so that I could sleep in later and get to school yeah. later and it honestly made my day so much easier well yeah but now as an adult like it's so true that your your rhythms level off because now my most productive time of day is from like eight to noon when it used to Same. be from 10 to 2 or even or even like 3 to 8 like yeah. my, my most my most productive time of day used to be at night when I was in college and in and high school. Oh God, same. Yeah. I, and I don't think, I think actually what made me a morning person 
is not great. It's procrastination because I would leave assignments to the Mm. day of and then just like bang them out in the morning. Mm -hmm. And that really shifted my productivity time as well. Yeah. So typically as an adult, I would be super productive in the morning and then I'd get a second win at night, which I think is because of all my years reviewing concerts. Right. So you just get like this weird burst of like eight o'clock. Yeah. Yeah. So like after dinner I could tackle something. Um, it got me thinking though, and I wrote an editorial for the paper about this. It got me thinking about other systems that we just continue to use, even though they may not necessarily work. Mm-hmm. I don't get why people are so married to the 9am or 8.45am start time for school. Yeah. And I also don't get why we're so married to the nine to five workday. I mean, yeah. Like no one is productive for eight hours straight. Nobody likes this. No. <laughs> like I think if you were to ask most people and also the real world is subjective. Like, yes, people work nine to five, but many people That's, I don't hate that argument. I know. Cause like my first, I mean, other than internships, my first job at the paper, I worked 9 PM to five in the morning. Yeah. High school did not prepare <laughs> me for that. The other nine, to the five. other nine to five, as I used to call it. And, and just like your work rhythm and your work stress levels and your work patterns are so much different as an adult than they are when you're in school. There's literally no comparison. Of course they are. And yeah. I feel like that's such a captain obvious thing. And mm-hmm. yet people are like, well, what about like all these special snowflakes having to show up at a job at 845? Well, first of all, they'll wake up and they'll get there if they need to. <laughs> also two very important ways. School is not like work. Number one, ain't nobody getting paid to be there. And the second thing is that it doesn't end at five. Right. So really, shouldn't the argument be adding hours on at the end of the day instead of having like a bunch of homework? Yeah. You know, like it's, but I think if something as small as half an hour could improve the lives of kids, like why not give it a shot? Yeah. Try it out. See what happens. Yeah. It's, it's same with like work, you know, like there's a lot of industries that are still nine to five that probably don't need to be. Mm -hmm. And yet, because it's a holdover from the industrial revolution, right? You have eight hours to sleep eight hours to work and eight hours for recreation, which you spend cooking and cleaning Cleaning. and picking up your kids (laughs) and like maybe working out, which we don't do enough either. And then no wonder we're borrowing hours from sleepy time Mm -hmm. to do other stuff, Mm -hmm. usually work. So like, you know, I just think it's such an easy way to kind of see what works and maybe something new works. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So but that also, that eight hours of recreation time, you have to take your commute time out of that. That's right. To work. So really, it's more like six and a half for most people. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So I just thought of that just now and I'm very impressed with myself. Yes. <laughs> good, good, good mathing. <laughs> <laughs> hey, with a cold brain, cold infected brain, that's pretty good. But yeah, it's just, it was the most read story I on know. our site with the most for comments. Days. Yeah. And yeah, people were very upset about it. I can understand like, why some parents would be frustrated if they have like childcare issues or, sure. or basically just like they're not able to leave their kids alone if they have to yeah. get to work at, at by nine and their kid doesn't have to be at school till 930. Like, yeah. I understand that sort of logistical issue. And I think that's probably why it's focused on secondary students. Right. Because and not by that age, school. they should be able to get themselves up and out of the yeah. house. Yeah. And of course, it is the responsibility of parents and eventually the responsibility of teenagers themselves to have a bedtime. Mm-hmm. But like, I know a lot of adults who aren't good at absorbing bedtime Mm-mm. and you know technically you're not supposed to sleep in on weekends because that wrecks your sleep pattern and like yeah. a whole bunch of things that we all do 
But I just find it so interesting that we, because it's how it's always been and we survived it. Yeah. Therefore, I don't know. I just don't think that's a very good argument. No. Just because that's how it's always been doesn't mean it's the right way to do it. The death of progress. <laughs> um, you know what else is how it's always been? The wedding oh, industry. Oh, <laughs> yeah. So you... I'm chugging along. You, but you got a very big item off your list. Yeah, I bought a dress last weekend. Or I should say my mom bought a dress, a very generous gift from her. That's my crowd noise. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they did clap for me. It was very exciting. Um, it was a process that I was probably dreading the most out of all of the wedding stuff. Sure. I get that, having done it. Yeah, it's really st- stressful. I I don't, I don't want to say I don't care what I look like because that sounds (laughs) terrible but like it was never I mean I watch say yes to the dress all the time I like to look at other people trying stuff on but for me I didn't like dream of a certain looking a certain way on my wedding day so I kind of had an idea of what shape I wanted and and then I was like wait a minute I should probably call these places ahead of time because I'm a plus size and they may not carry samples in my size and sure enough a couple places we're like, well, we have like three options in a thousand dresses that you could try on. I'm like, oh, okay. So, <laughs> so I had gone on to try a couple of dresses like a few months ago with a friend of mine. And then I went with my mom for the first time this weekend. And we went to, I won't say where, <laughs> but we went to a bridal salon here. And I was like, an, it was an okay experience. I mean, they had a trunk show happening and, and they brought dresses to try on. But I, they didn't have a huge amount that I would actually be able to try like the sample size on Sh- because sh- shocking. The samples are all like size four, size six, whatever. Which is really a street size two or four. Right. So they were bringing me up sample size 14s and I could get those on, but it was like a struggle. <laughs> <laughs> so I get, but like, at least I could get an idea of what things yeah. look like. And then as I was trying on these things, the whole time I was thinking like, holy crap, if I was any bigger than I am, my options would to try actually physically try stuff on would be nil, basically. And that is so frustrating. Yeah. Like, and we've talked about sizeism on the show before. Yeah. It's very disheartening on what is supposed to be the happiest day of your life that you can't even try (laughs) on a dress. Like how much creative visualization would you like people to do to imagine what they'll look like? And And also it's not a cheap purchase. No, no. Right. Like I'm very blunt about money, but we spent about $1,800 on my dress before alterations. Yeah. Mine was after alterations, I think. But I'm getting sleeves put on. So it's a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, My dress, because it was lace, um, I think ended up, being over the uh over the two g's the two g mark yeah <laughs> well after alterations and sleeves it'll be about 22 23 yeah. so it's it's no small amount of money i also have one shoulder that's lower than the other <laughs> i learned through this process well i'll get to i'll so. get to i'll get to tammy she she loves to tell me about my body uh, <laughs> but i loved her this is in, in a non-confrontational way but so as i was trying on these dresses i was just thinking like oh man because i'm on the lower end of plus size and and my options are already so limited and i'm sure there are our bridal salons in Winnipeg that I just didn't go to that probably have a better selection or a bigger selection. But I just, that also kind of makes me incensed because like, why mm-hmm. do I still have to go to specialized stores to find things that I can actually try on? That seems ludicrous to me. Well, and it's also like, it's a broader problem in fashion. Like I don't understand why, like, you know, lots of retailers I'll pick on Lululemon 
for oh, example. Yeah, they suck. Who don't uh, retail past a size 12. No. And you're missing out. You're basically leaving money on, on the ground. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> like, you're leaving yeah. money on the ground and then spitting on it and stomping on it. Like, yeah. that's what you're doing. So then, so I'll continue. So we, I found a dress that I really liked there. We thought it was on sale, but it turns out just the sample was on sale and it was very misleadingly marked. Right. So I'm like, oh my God, this dress is beautiful. It was like $2,200 on sale for six, $700. I'm like, amazing. Oh my God, that would have been unreal. Right. So I'm like, oh my gosh, put the veil on. We're just like, wow, this is perfect. And she's like, oh wait, it's just the sample that's on sale. If you order it, you have to pay full price. And I was like, okay, well, like I'm not that far off fitting into the sample. Mm-hmm. I'm like, can we alter it so that it will fit? And she's like, oh, no, definitely not. It's <laughs> like, oh, my okay. goodness. So the only thing we could do is put in a corset bag. And I'm like, De- I definitely do not want that. So they were not really willing to even discuss it, you know, like, mm. it, yeah, it was very, I'm like, all right, whatever. That's too bad. So I'm like, let's go back to the other parlor that I went to with my friend. And we had a really good experience. So it was this one on Graham Street. Um, and this lady, Tammy she remembered me as soon as I came in. She's like, oh, you said you're bringing your mom back. You brought oh, your mom. Nice. And she remembered which dress it was. And I put it on. Everyone loved it. We're like, yep, this is the winner. And uh, so we got it from there. Awesome. Yeah. Once you finally get it. Yeah. It feels very and good. And I loved Tammy because she's a seamstress by trade. That's also helpful. Right. So she's like, I can do anything you want. You want me to put sleeves on? I'll put sleeves on. I'll order the extra lace. I'm going to fix it so that it fits because she's she likes to tell me that my hips are twice as wide as my shoulders so <laughs> she's like i need to order the dress to fit your hips and then we'll alter it I'm like oh okay whatever yeah but yeah. it's done it's done and it's gone Yay. but it, like i i the whole time i was thinking man if i was any m- more sensitive about the way that i look and things not fitting and it would have been a traumatic experience well and i think you're right. And I also think with the whole like shedding for the wedding narrative no. that a lot of people hurt themselves by trying to fit into sample sizes. So they'll mm-hmm. buy the sample yeah, and then spend every morning for the next nine months at a boot camp trying to fit into a dress instead of just I, that d- thought did cross my mind just because it was such a good deal. It crosses everyone's mind. And I was like, a good oh, deal. Oh God, I just can't do it. I yeah, can't do it. There's it's not no way. It. No, it's not worth it. It's not. Um, yeah, I remember when I bought mine, there was only one moment where I silently screamed in a change room, mostly because I was hangry, but I was like, this is the worst. (laughs) Like, and I wanted not strapless. So I was a 2015 bride. So there was more sleeve kind of options, but not really. So Mm -hmm. I would often get, um, two handed to me. So even though I could benefit from being straight sized, in the style I wanted. So there's also that too, where not Mm -hmm. only do you have kind of this hegemony of sizes, but also styles. So if you're wanting anything that isn't a strapless ball gown, yeah, it's very challenging. (laughs) Although I did try on a strapless ball gown and I did love it. (laughs) Yeah. I also surprisingly (laughs) loved the ball gown. Just try it on. I'm like, okay. I know. I'm like, I am Cinderella. It was was beautiful. I'm like, my waist looks like this big and I'm holding up my pinky finger. Yeah. Yeah. No, totally. Yeah. No, it was great. Um, (laughs) so yeah, if you're, uh, in Winnipeg and you're braving the wedding show. Yeah, Nick wants to go. So we may, I went last year and I wrote a very funny story. Um, but my partner wants to go. So we may check it out. We'll see. Um, I found it quite overwhelming. Yeah. Don't let it overwhelm you. Go in with kind of like a plan. 
Well, the thing is, we've booked a lot of stuff already. Yeah. So I think it's more overwhelming if you don't have a lot of stuff. Yeah. Nailed down. Yeah. As I've said to you, this whole process has kind of illuminated how ridiculous weddings are because like I'm doing things and looking at things like I don't even know if this is what I want or if this is what I think that I should be doing or mm-hmm. what someone's telling me that I should do or if I actually want to do it you can't decipher between anything well and it's hard to because I think as with home design um where you start seeing the same like diamond patterned Moroccan style rug literally in everybody's homes it starts becoming kind of the same thing. So there's certain trends that you can identify from the year you got married because they are everywhere. Right. And then it becomes, yeah, exactly what you're saying. Do I like brush script or is that just like what, you know, or is that just like so implanted in my brain? Mason jars. Is this a thing I enjoy? Like it's, (laughs) it's really, it's, it can be really hard. Right. So we've had to really take a step back on certain things and be like, wait, Am I prepared to spend X amount of dollars on this thing that is irrelevant in yeah. the long run? Like, and separating your nice tabs from your neat tabs is also right. hard too. Like so. apparently I was prepared to spend a bajillion dollars on flowers and that's just what I wanted to do. But I know that that's yeah. what I love. So like it makes sense to me. Totally. I also spent a bajillion dollars on flowers. So <laughs> I get it. But yeah, it's just it's it's a very strange. Like I don't, I'm not stressed out by it. I feel fine. But it has been a very strange and like illuminating process, I think. We're going to end the show today with a signal boost. Signal boost. Where we highlight uh, stories that our coworkers have written in the last couple of weeks that we've enjoyed. Yes. So we take the attention off of us for a change. <laughs> well, I'm also going to talk about some stuff that I'm working on after. But Well, yeah, obviously. <laughs> um, oh, my God. That was an old man cough. <laughs> right in everyone's ears. Yeah, sorry, guys. Um, what's your signal boost? Uh, I would like to signal boost Jill Wilson because she's been doing a ton of really amazing content in the last, well, always, but like the last month especially. Um, she did this really great feature about this guy who grows mushrooms in his basement. Yeah. Like not, not like drugs, like actual yeah, mushrooms like, to eat, <laughs> to eat. Yeah. But n- again, not drugs. <laughs> <laughs> um, and he sells them to some, uh, local chefs and he has this whole like cool growing situation. And he did it because he got diagnosed with this illness that made him unable to like work a typical job. And, um, she did a really, really great story about that. And I, I enjoyed it so much. And the photos are really neat yeah, yeah I also really enjoyed that piece yeah um there's one that is kind of a newsroom effort yeah that came out um I guess a couple of weeks ago now or maybe just a week I think ago. a week ago yeah it's all blurring together <laughs> um but basically we wanted to kind of show um subscribers so the people who allow us to have do what job. we do, have a job. <laughs> um, we wanted to thank them and also show them kind of the process. Mm-hmm. So um, Michaela McKenzie put together a really cool video really kind of neat. going yeah. from the interview process all the way through to the printing press. I highly recommend watching it because if you've never seen a printing press in action, like it's actually pretty exciting. It's pretty magnificent, I have to say. And there's a pretty cute quote from one of the pressmen being like, I still get excited about this one million years later. You know, like he's worked in the press room forever and still when they fire up and we're making news. Um, And a commenter actually pointed out, who is also a subscriber, um, that it is pretty amazing that we basically put together a book's length 
of oh, content yeah. every single day, which is why they call it the newspaper the Daily Miracle. Uh, um, and why we're all exhausted. Then <laughs> <laughs> that too. Um, but yeah, I highly recommend checking it out. Yeah. And then just reading, uh, I contributed to it as well, but a bunch of us just kind of talking about why we do what we do. And, and not just writers, but photographers as yeah, well. And, and uh, uh, editors editor. and a bunch of yeah, other it's very folk. nice selection of people. Yeah, so check that out. Um, what else are you working on? I have so much stuff going on in the next I couple hear weeks. That. Um, okay, well, next week, I, this week I interviewed Dirks Bentley. And I was very, delightful. I'm very I hear. smitten by him now because, you know, I'm not really a country music fan, but I, I recognize that it's very popular in town. So I try to cover the shows. Yep. And I was like, oh, okay, they're offering an interview. Sure. So <laughs> I go in my little back interview room and my phone rings and I answer it and he's, this guy is like, oh, hey, it's Dirks. Like, just him <laughs> calling from his home phone number. Which, for famous people, is weird. Yeah, normally you uh, PR person will connect the call. Like, you'll call them and then they'll connect you to the yeah. celebrity. For someone of his sort of yeah. level of fame. But he just called and he's like, hey, it's Dirks. How you doing? I love that. <laughs> and it was so cute. And we had a really great chat. And um, that's going to be a Q&A in the paper on Tuesday before his show Tuesday night. And then there'll be a review Wednesday from the show. Awesome. Uh, and then I did a feature about house concerts that's running in today's paper, um, which are concerts in people's homes, if the name was not making that evident. Uh, so I went to five different houses that host concerts regularly and talked to the owners and why they do it and what the benefits are and why they like the format. And it was really cool. Awesome. Um, I have a feature running on Saturday. I have two things running on Saturday. One is about a woman named Sonia Ballantyne. She's a, uh, Swampy Cree filmmaker, author, all around cool lady. She was named one of 60 Canadian women, um, as a Barbie role model. Barbie is 60 in 2019. So is that all? I thought she was older. Yeah, no, she's 60. Mm. Um, well, actually, apparently, according to Wikipedia, her age is 44, oh, but okay. <laughs> she is 60. Um, so they kind of named all these really cool women across Canada, like the Barbie Canada campaign. Yeah. And uh, after she started announcing that she was doing this, uh, a lot of indigenous kids started asking her when her Barbie was coming out. And she was like, well, I'm not necessarily getting a Barbie, but like what if I got a Barbie? So now she has a change.org petition uh, to basically convince Mattel to make the first Cree Barbie. That would be awesome. Uh, I know. And it's like a very much like it's not, she doesn't want like a stereotypical like regalia, like, you know, kind of generic indigenous to mean everybody. She wants a specifically Cree Barbie wearing like mukluks and jeans and a t-shirt and like, it's just like a cool Like street clothes with like, Totally. Hint of Cree heritage. Totally. Yeah. So uh, super cool. Yeah. Have an interview with her. Yeah, that is neat. Uh, and then I am also reviewing, uh, there's a new Netflix show uh, that I've been watching. It's great. It's called Sex Education. It's a oh, British yeah. comedy. Yeah, yeah. It's super <laughs> raunchy, but it's so unlike the sex comedies that we grew up with because it's super like anti-bullying and positive and it just, it very, uh, it warms my heart. So I'll be writing about that as well. Cool. You can find everything that we have written at winnipegfreepress.com. You can also follow us on social media. I'm at Jen Zerati at on. <laughs> I'm, let me try that again. I'm at Jen Zerati on Twitter and Instagram. And I'm at Nye Rabble on Twitter and Instagram. And you can also email us at BarryTheLead at winnipegfreepress.com. And we will see you next week. Bye.